good realtor will spend three hours a day calling? This is not your typical boring real estate show. This is real estate marketing redefined, uncensored, and unedited in what's working today in the market minus the fluff. This is real estate marketing dude, because just having a license isn't enough. Now please welcome your host, the unprofessional professional, Mike Cuevas. What is up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Market I Do podcast. Good Folks, thank you very much. We hit a milestone this week. We just went over our 500,000 downloads, and we owe it all to you. But today's episode is going to remain um, and, and talk directly to that. Because when we started this show about two, three years ago, we wanted to be different. And we did it through authenticity and consistency. And we did it through being us, being raw, being real. Uh, we want to give you guys really information on what's happening and staying true and authentic to our own character. So what we're going to be talking about on today's show is just that. How do you maintain your authenticity? More importantly, how do you stick out in such a crowded real estate space? For example, we did a show the other day with an agent in South Florida, and she's competing against 63,000 realtors. And we're like, what the fuck are you doing to stand out? What makes you get noticed, right? What is it all about? So we brought out a gentleman today, I think accomplishes a pretty good job of that. He's from the other side of the pond or across the pond. And uh, he talks a little bit funny, but it's okay. We're going to have some, <laughs> we're gonna have some uh, good fun with him today. But without further ado, let's go ahead and introduce our guest. And we're going to get right into deep diving on branding today. Uh, Peter, please go ahead. Say hello to our guests. Or say hello to our listeners. Tell them exactly who you are, a little bit about yourself. Sure, sure. What is up? What's up? Nice to meet you, Mike. I may sound funny, but at least I don't look funny like you. So, um, <laughs> so yeah, I am uh, based in Los Angeles. I own a company called PLG Estates, which is was born from the need for something creative, but we'll get into that in, in a second. Four offices, between 150 and 200 agents, specializing in the creatives of LA. Price point anywhere from you know, 1 million to 50 million. And former record producer, former top producer with the number one Keller Williams agent in Los Angeles. And now I'm, I, I've got a show on Netflix. I host a show on Netflix. I'm a media guy. I'm all about branding. I'm all about standing out from the pack. I'm all about leaving the footprints, not following them. So it sounds like I'm in the right place, Mike. You sure are. So let's get into it. You're not born in America, correct? I'm born in the cold, bleak north of England. And how long have you been in the States for? I've been in America for about 26 years, which is why I think I sound I think I sound pretty much American by now. <laughs> I would have to agree with that. <laughs> so tell me, how did you get into like the whole branding side of things? I'll, I'll, I'll sort of open up. I'll lead the way. Here's what happened to me personally when I, I, I started fighting for attention and all of that. My best friend, when I first got licensed, I was 22 years old. And me and my best friend are drinking beers at a bar, getting drunk, because that's what 22-year-olds do. And during the conversation, I'll never forget this, he decided to tell me, hey, uh, Mike, I just referred this really hot realtor a $400,000 listing. My heart dropped, my stomach dropped. I'm like, holy shit. If my best friend doesn't remember what the hell I do for a living, how is anybody else in a referral-dominated business? So that's when I started branding and doing things a little bit differently and attention and all of that. And it worked. How did you get into that? Because I think it's a major 
thing. Everyone's trying to be so perfect and so professional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, dude, that doesn't work anymore. Nah, no, you know, it, it, that's a great question, Mike. And it's, it's interesting. So when I, uh, I was in the music business for a long time, I, I produced my first record at 17 years old, had a load of hits in the UK, 25. I did all the, actually, your first city is one of the reasons why I live in America. Really? Because I fell in love with Chicago house music when I was about 16 years old. And I'm like, right, fuck school. I'm going to drop out and go make records like that. So I moved to London, not knowing a soul at 16 years old. And within about 18 months, I'd figured out how to be in the right place at the right time and was doing house music because of your fair city. There's a gentleman by the name of Steve Silk Hurley from Chicago and many others who changed my life. So thank you, Chicago. Awesome. And then what did you do? How did you stand out at that time? Your record producer, what's the difference? What did you do differently than everybody else? So in re- it's interesting, coming out of the record industry, everybody was very familiar with self-branding, right? Totally. And then around 2000, I'd been in the, in, the, in the music business for 16, 17 years, 18 years. And I'm like, you know what? I don't want to be in nightclubs. It's an unhealthy environment. I kind of want to do something else now. And just really by happenstance, I started investing in real estate in Los Angeles. I had a really good run, a bunch of hits, took the money, started plowing it into real estate in LA because the internet was new. My mom's house in in the UK was way more than the houses in LA. My brother's house in Australia was way more than the houses in LA. New York was way more than LA. And I'm like, okay, this internet thing probably means people are going to move to LA. So house prices are going to go up. So I deployed a bunch of cash into areas that other people wouldn't touch. I seemed to have a knack for it. I was doing essentially flipping before flipping was really a thing. And then what happened was the phenomenon of all the creatives, the music business people that I'd worked with in in LA, they didn't really trust suits. So they came out to, to kind of, they were like, hey, Pete, can you help us? Now, the journey didn't begin like that. So when I left the music business, I'm an all-in, all-out kind of guy, right? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a thousand percent in, or I'm a thousand percent out. I joined Keller Williams, and I'm like, you know what? I don't know shit about the real estate industry. I'm going to do it the way they tell me. So I went door knocking. I was cold calling. I was doing postcards. I was trying to attack a geographic area. And then I wanted to put a gun in my mouth and pull the trigger. <laughs> right? And I, remember, I even wore a suit for a, yeah. about a month. Not that there's anything wrong with suits, but suits and me don't jive. And I came home to my missus, who it was a big part of my story. She's been my, my, my partner in everything real estate since the get-go. I came home and I'm like, Cindy, I cannot do this shit. I'm like, I would rather drive Amen. a bus. I said, I'd rather drive a bus. Sure that. She, and she said, so drive a bus. And I said, you know what? I've got to do it my way. Because if I crash and burn, at least I've crashed and burned under my own volition. Right. That is when the marketing light bulb went off. I looked around, and nothing against Keller Williams, but I looked around and I'm like, everybody's doing it the same. Everybody's doing it the same way. Everybody is vanilla. Everybody's homogenized. Everybody's knocking the same doors, saying the same slogans. I'm the number one this. I'm the number one team that. It's all horse shit. So I sat down and I designed my own marketing campaign when Facebook was new. 
and I put up the, I remember the first flyer that I put you out. You stuck out, uh, dude, those early days of Facebook, man, it, all you had to do is just get it promoted and you're fucking, you're getting a lot of eyeballs. You're getting a lot of eyeballs. So my first one, my first campaign was, I went through these photos and I ripped off a bunch of photos from the internet. There was this dude in his tidy whities right? And this is around 2007. Uh, I knew that the market was going to crash as well, and I'll come back to that. Around 2007, there's this dude with his tidy whities It's cut off here, and, and it's cut off his knees. So you just see his tidy whities and this chick bending down and laughing at his tidy whities right? And I came up with a slogan, don't get caught with your pants down in the new real estate market. Boom. Love it. And then I put that out on Facebook. I sent it out as a postcard. And I was like, oh, wow. This is, people were calling me saying, you're an offensive dude. And other people were calling me saying, wow, this is so different. You know what? Why don't you come over? And then my career was launched. Let um, me and, ask a couple of questions because you're dropping a bunch true. of nuggets really quick that I got to make sure people pick up. Um, yeah. So really quick, I'm going to go back really fast, you guys. I want to, um, I don't know what documentary I was watching or, or what rock star I viewed or read or, or something, but what's interesting is that I didn't really know this. A lot of the musicians that come out, they compete against attention all the time because so many of them sound alike. And I, I you know, like, so like they had to stand out. So that no doubt that's probably where this all resonated with first. But I want you guys to hear one thing that he just said, because what he also said was, I didn't feel natural doing this. I wasn't attracting more, more people, but Hollywood came out and supported you because you attract other people just like you. And you're right. I'm sure the musicians don't want to deal with a suit and a tie type of guy. They want to deal with someone that's there. So what am I getting at? Folks, God made you one fucking way. That's it. You cannot try to be someone you're not because people will work with someone they know, like, and trust first. And when you lack authenticity, that trust factor is out the window. 100%. Yeah. And this is what drives me nuts about the real estate industry in general. All of us are trying to reach the masses. And you're not, per you, you're not supposed to get along with everybody. You're not wired to get along with everybody. You weren't made to get along with everybody. And the truth is that most of you can only take on three fucking more clients at a time. So why the hell are you trying to take on 300? Like niche down, speak to your tribe, right? That's it. So, wow. It, this is spooky. I'm hearing words that I use coming out of your mouth. Like tribe, the riches are in the niches, right? Totally. I did not want to work with everyone. I couldn't, I just didn't vibe. I took out a couple of dentists. God bless them. I'm sure there are, <laughs> I'm sure there are people that vibe with those guys. Yeah. I was like, no, no, not my people. So I just, what I did is this is back in the day where social media was new. So I, I hit social media with interesting or entertaining or infotainment shit. And then I, dude, every single successful agent I know, apart from maybe one in a thousand, what do we all do? We prospect, but we prospect. I only prospect my sphere. I'm only interested in creatives. I'm only interested in my tribe. And I ran a thousand miles an hour. And I, I remember saying to my office manager at Keller Williams, I said, she said, you know, you need to be able to appeal to the grandma in, in the suburbs and you need to be able to appeal to the soccer player at the beach. And I said, I don't want to do that. I said, I only want to deal with rock and roll people. I even got the nickname, the rock and roll realtor That's in awesome. LA. And, and I ended up in the number one Keller Williams agent in Los Angeles. That's a big task to take on too. So why are we, and maybe it's the training that comes out. Why are agents in general, because we do branding all the time. We do video creation and my job is to pull people out of their shell, right? And, and, and find out who the hell they really are, what makes them tick and then create the communication strategy off of that. But 
it's crazy that we care so much about appearing to look unprofessional. And folks, that might have been the case 10 years ago, like 2002 and prior. I remember when I did the whole cartoon thing, everyone's like, you're going to be so unprofessional. You're going to be so unprofessional. And you're right. I repel doctors, attorneys, fucking dentists, and anyone that wears a suit to work, I repel 100%. We're vinegar and oil. We have nothing in common. But I attract a lot of dudes and a lot of bros and a lot of chicks and a lot of, you know, that's just my tribe. That's my crowd. And it's interesting is that even though I stopped selling real estate, my brand in Chicago was Chicago real estate dude. And I moved to San Diego. Now I'm real estate marketing dude. The demographics of people who click on my shit have remained the same. 31 to 44 years of age with young families and or kids. Right. I mean, for me, number one, right? I think you'll vibe on this, Mike. I hear, not at my company, because my, my, the company, PLG Estates in, in, in LA, all we have is, I call it the Island Misfit Toys, right? Because we're a bunch of creatives, and all we do is try and think of different strategies. We don't want to do what everyone else is doing. But at other companies, I hear these people saying, and they're nice enough folk, but they're like, you know, my business isn't where it needs to. The business is getting more and more competitive. And, you know, I'm just not getting as many deals as I used to because you haven't evolved. We've got to move. At the end of the day, Mike Cuevas is the brand. Pete Lorimer is the brand. My agents are the brand. Coal Banker is not the brand. Yep. It's the agents that work for the company that are the brand. They're all micro little independent companies. And I have to thank the music business for that because every creative I ever met when I was in the music business, they all knew the, who they were. They knew their flavor. I do house. I do techno. I do trance. I DJ. I play piano. They all knew who they were. And you don't catch a trance DJ trying to join a rock band. Yeah, it or, doesn't or, 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 happen. or like a classical sympathy type thing. <laughs> right? No, it's, it's, such a, it's, so, it's so, so, so important. I just had a great... Uh, train of thought by losses. I'm going to let you go and I'll come back to it in a second. So to your guys that are watching this, you know, watching, watching you and watching your, your content, at the end of the day, if I'm going to die, I would rather die by my own sword. I would rather screw it up so badly by being convicted to my beliefs that I splat against the wall at a thousand miles an hour because then I can go, okay, well, that didn't work. I'm going to try something else. Yeah. But I refuse to die a slow, mediocre death by following the path of horseshit that number one doesn't work and everyone's doing. Yep, 100%. It's like, Emperor, it's like the Emperor's new clothes, dude. It's crazy. You mentioned something about infotainment, um, which is interesting because one of the guys I follow a lot is Billy Jean, and he's, he always says every time he speaks, he'll say, uh, boring will put you out of business. And it's 100% naturally. And I want to I I replay this. I want you guys to go here. So if you're sitting on your treadmill right now, here's the truth. I want you to look back at the last 10 clients that you've actually closed the transaction with. And it's not by coincidence that they became your beer drinking buddies or gal drinking wine pals. I don't care what it is. It's because we attract like people naturally. You know, 72% of people close with the first agent they meet with. And when you're building a brand, this is a giant game of attention because the majority of people believe that all real estate agents are commodity and offer the same level of service, which is why attention is fucking everything right now. That's why guys like Gary Vee, Tom Ferry, all these guys are telling you, go generate attention, go generate attention. Why? Because it's with social media, it's the first person you think of. And when you own that mindset and you own that market share in their minds of you're the real estate agent and they consider you their agent and they match real estate with your brand, that's when it lights out, folks. So 100%. Don't like try to talk. 
to everybody because you're not going to resonate with them. The truth is you're probably looking stupid to 75% of them. Instead, go 100% on that 25% and do it all out in the way you want. Yeah, I think it's even less than 25. I think it's 10%. Probably, yeah. You're probably right. You know, I think it's 10% and you go hard. All of this horse shit, I seem to be saying horse shit a lot, but all of this horse shit about when I was getting trained and this guy came in and he's like, you need to match the body language of the person you're speaking to. You need to match their intonation. Nope. And you need to copy their remarks. And I'm like, dude, isn't that essentially being a fraud? And I have actually had that done to me. And it is the creepiest thing in the world. And totally. You know, so you and I are on the same page. Now, the watershed moment I had was in 2015 when I went to Inman Connect in San Francisco. I knew that video was the next thing. And I just wanted a point to leap off. And I was thinking about what is that leaping off point? And then uh, Chris Smith from Curator was speaking. And he said, guys, if you don't know what to do in video, do something where you're giving information away and just tell people about your industry. Light bulb went off. That's when my first round of videos came out, Magic Minutes. And then I've never looked back. I'm a content machine. We're probably doing in the region of 15 to 30 original videos a month. Oh, yeah. That's dope. And are you doing them amongst the whole team? Are you, are you guys inter interjecting the media plan, running it as a brokerage from the top? It's like a large media company. Are all of your agents in your brokerage also as creative and in the video? Is that a pre-rack? Uh, you're like, I wish. I wish. Yeah. I wish. As a company, we are far more video savvy than anywhere else. But, you know, getting some of the guys over the line is still hard. But at least I push them in other areas, right? It's audio, it's written, or it's video. Yep. And so if they're not going to be great at video or don't feel comfortable, I'm like, do a podcast, do some audio stuff, commentate, you know, on your area. Go interview people in freaking bars, in restaurants, in coffee shops. You know, become nope. the mayor of your town. I think the biggest shift that we're going to see, like, let's look at why this is, there's also a tremendous opportunity in the real estate market too. I mean, that's why we went all in on a video marketing company for realtors, because we know it's coming as well. But the truth is, is that 95% of you guys will still be too scared to get on. Um, and 5% of you will. And those agents that do it now will generate that attention. Um, what Peter said about the brand is absolutely true. 96% of people chose the agent over the brand they're affiliated with. And people don't remember like your big brokerage name. Um, nope. Like a real G company. People don't, if you were, if you're marketing your Colwell bank or your Keller Williams and all of that, every time with their name, you're fucking building their brand, not your own. What are you doing? Yeah. People don't remember what you do. They remember how you do it. That's why brand is so important. Yeah. Now who the hell said that? Where did I hear that? Oh, that's, uh, that's Simon Sinek. They remember why you do it. Yeah. In real estate, they remember how you do it. True. And then another statistic, Mike, is this, right? Which is why I'm all about sphere. 87% of deals come from people you know. Yep. 87, but as an industry, we're obsessed with getting these trash bags full of shitty leads that just evaporate all our time and they never pan out. I believe why that is, is I think we're a tired guru led business of things used to be like that. And I think a lot of people are having trouble realizing that creating content and media and attention around your brand is modern day prospecting, folks. It is not like, I, I'll give you an example. A uh, year and a half ago, I bought a car, right? And I opted in, I'll never opt into a car website ever again. And I get in there and it's, I remember it's like around Christmas time, like, oh, let's just check. I just wanted some information, dude, right? 
Dude, I was like on my cell phone taking calls, turning people away because all these car salesmen kept fucking calling me with these cheesy lines. Same script, boiler room in the background. And the guy that I actually bought the car with was the only one who texted me. Interesting. Right? So it's like, because it was more personal and he broed me. He's like, what's up, bro? So I saw you just got this car, man. That's like my dude, right? That's my type of dude. So I naturally went, I'm just going to buy a car with this guy. The point was, I was like, dude, this is what people do on Zillow. Like, imagine all the realtors contacting you and it's a turnoff. The reason why Zillow, Realtor, all these companies are going referral fee models is because you guys fucked up the lead conversion so bad that it hurt their brand. Right. And, and I think at the end of the day, there are three industries, there are probably more, real estate, law, and medicine. I think these industries will never be commoditized to the point of you buy a house through an app. Sure. You can, you can. But- for the most part, in a, in a city like Los Angeles, I want to look into the whites of someone. If I'm going to go, go to jail, I'm not going to go on legal Zoom to find an attorney. True. I am going to call someone who I know might have a great attorney, and they're going to refer me a name, and I'm going to use that person because my boy used them or my gal used them. And it is the same with real estate. What Zillow does, or Zillow heroin, as I call it, it allows us to feel like we're busy when, in fact, we're being lazy. The hard work comes from prospecting people you know. None of us want to sidle up to our friends at a party and, you know, say, hey, what's going on with the kids? Listen, you know, if you ever need anything, just let me know. No, I don't want to, you know, get in your way of having a great time today, but just love to help you if that opportunity comes up. None of us love doing that, but those <laughs> of us that do it continuously get business. I'm going to give you my formula, Mike, if, if you sure. don't mind. No, please. For social media, uh, how to convert leads through social media. So this is what the strategy I have deployed for 10 years. I create content that is interesting, which isn't me looking at a kitchen saying, oh, it's a chef's kitchen. Look at this swimmer's pool. I don't do that shit. I will create content that's fun or entertaining or both, or it will be behind the scenes with my family on a great trip. I'll do great videos and drones and I'll do a full on vlog. So, and then I take that piece of content and I have everyone that's in my A, B, C and D sphere in a custom audience in Facebook. And then I push that video, which may not be real estate related to my entire database. And then what happens next is I prospect my database. 10 to 20 people a day, and they all do this. Oh, Pete, I just saw that video when you were dog sledding with your family in Wyoming, dude. That was awesome. Yeah. What have I done? I've warmed up the dark crevices and corners of my database, yep. reminding them of who I am before I reach out. Folks, let me um, dumb it down even further. Content creates an audience, and content that's not about real estate humanizes your brand. When you're creating media, it's not about what you say in the video, it's about the audience you're building with it. Because your media gives you permission to go and sell shit. This podcast is a perfect example of that. I have this podcast so I could find more realtors to sell my video services to because you guys are gonna hire somebody else. But if I'm out of sight, out of mind, and I don't bring on guys like Peter on the show here that provide entertainment for you, or provide value for you guys, I don't have a way to stay in touch with you and you might never enter into my world. It's a form of media, but in the form of a podcast, what we're talking about is you could take the exact same thing on your own level because we're all human. 
some of the best videos we produce for people are the ones that, that they're in their biggest vulnerabilities. Yep. Um, and it's either when they're with their family or uh, I remember one, uh, Mel Parsons in Seattle, she opened up in a, she was just doing a business interview with a hair salon, but she opened up in her foilies. And most women wouldn't do that, but that was the attention getter. Yeah. That's why she had 3,000 organic views on the video. But what Peter also said is that, folks, in your personal pages, you're only getting about a, what is it, 18 to 21% algorithm reach of your personal friends. Yeah. Which means 80% of your strongest source of business is not seeing your shit. The easiest way to stay in front of them is you could boost. <laughs> you just have to stay relevant. Uh, cell phone numbers and email addresses, custom audience. Yeah. Um, I mean, for me, custom audiences have been everything. And those of us that use custom audiences, we slice and dice them like in a, in a thousand different ways because I've got my clients, but then I also have my brokerage, right? Mm -hmm. And my brokerage is a 175, we'll probably be 200 agents by the end of the year, which is a pretty good number. And I have gone out and recruited zero. Zero. It's all attraction. It's all attraction through promotion. Totally. Love it. Now, when you do your prospecting thing, let's walk people through. So you might do a video just like of you just having fun with the kids. It's a human factor. But when someone sees it, you're right. What people don't realize is that when you create media content, you're actually nurturing your relationships with your existing yep. sphere database because it's the most impressionable way to stay relevant. Yeah. So with you guys, like when you make that call and you're following up with people and then you know they're going to see your video, what's the first line you're opening up with? And so like, what do you I say? So it doesn't, it doesn't sound like so self-serving. Oh, dude, I'd say the same thing over and over again. So my theory is let them talk, right? I get on the phone. So if it was you, Mike, I'd be like, hey, Mike, what's, you know, I would reach out maybe through a DM, through a, an email, maybe a text. The golden rule is I convert them to a call or a face-to-face -face as soon as possible. So if I DM someone like my boy Jamie yesterday, I DM'd him. I'm like, hey, dude, we haven't connected in a while. I'd love to love, love to catch up, man. And he goes, yeah, Pete, love to see you. And then I go, hey, I'm going to call you this afternoon. And he's like, cool. I said, I'll call you around two o'clock. I make sure he has a, a time when he knows I'm going to be calling. Jamie, I've known a long time. And I said, I do the same thing. Now, he's in my A sphere. So I would say to him, hey, Jamie, what's up? What's going on with the family? How's work? How are the kids? How's the dog? How's the leg? Where did you go on vacation? Da, 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 da. What's going on with you, Pete? Life's awesome, really busy, you know, full of gratitude. Listen, not the point of my call. Just wanted you to know if you need anything, I got you back. Let me know. That's how I prospect. I never say, don't you think it's a good time of year to sell? Interest rates have just gone down. You know you should really take the equity in your home and flip it into something else. I might get there, but I date them. I don't yep. just go straight for the kill. No. So I'm meeting Jamie for dinner. His wife and, uh, and, and his kids are coming over at my house. We're going to have dinner. I know he's sitting on top of a shit ton of equity. And I'm going to say, listen, why don't you get an investment property? Why don't you, you know, take this out and maybe buy a second home in a great school district that you can rent out? There's the kids' college fund. Yep. And they all trust me because I don't try and sell them every 10 minutes. Folks, 100% of the people in your network right now can each give you one deal at the very bare minimum this year. The question is just, are they? And again, that's why you stay in front of them. People naturally want to refer other people's shit. That's why like, you're always telling your best friend about the restaurant you went to. It's psychologically the way we're wired. So make it easier to get referred. 
You know, if you're going to be a quiet realtor and you're stick in a closet all your life and you're just going to sit there with your just sold, just listed postcards and your Facebook lives and market updates, I'm sorry, nobody's going to watch that shit because it is worn and it's tired now. But if you're a guy like Peter here and you're creating fun entertainment, fun entertaining, and you're just everywhere all the time in a cool way. Everyone loves that energy. It's contagious and people are attracted to that. And that's when you get to that point, it's very powerful. It, you know, it, it, it is. And one of the, the greatest gifts that I kind of learned, and I don't know, maybe I'll get this from my mom and dad, is I don't ask too quick, right? I don't just ask. I, when I was a brand new agent, I heard them all practicing scripts and dialogues. And I was like, that shit's just, it's just bullshit. It doesn't work. People see right through it. So when I used to meet people at an open house, when I was a brand new agent, I'd be like, hey, if this doesn't work for you, you know, maybe I can earn your business by showing you some things that you haven't seen already. Instead of, hey, do you have a realtor? Yeah. It's like, can I earn your business? Maybe yeah. we'll go out for an afternoon, I'll buy you a latte. If nothing works out, I'll give you a, a, a firm handshake and a big smile and wish you well. Yeah. And then people are like, shit, this guy's given me an out. He said he wants to earn my business. And that's how I got a bunch of clients in the beginning. Yep. I'm all about, you know, give, 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 and then ask, which yep. of course then Gary made into a book. Absolutely, man. Well, I know you had to cut, uh, I know you have to pick up your kids soon. So if you're all right on time, I mean, we could keep on going. Let's, I'll go let's for two rock. hours. We can, we can rock for another, you know, six minutes. All right, let's rock for another six minutes. So let's talk about this uh, Netflix show a little bit that you got going on. And uh, I want to go through the progression of, how creating media around your brand led to more opportunities that wouldn't have happened without you doing it. And I've never met you before. I don't know that that happened, but I know everyone who does media, that happens too. And obviously, they get a Netflix show, pull it out of your ass. So the question is, is um, walk us through, walk our listeners through that because I think people were stuck in this immediate gratification state of mind where, you know, the same way that you dated your significant other and you didn't get her or him in bed until they actually fell in love with you is the same thing that happens with a bunch of leads. So you're not going to convert on first touch, but in the same way, like your video strategy isn't going to work in the first month. It takes some time. Yep. You know, if you're going to farm a neighborhood, anyone who stops farming that neighborhood six months into it just wasted the previous six months. Correct. So walk us through like in your way, sort of what happened with that, because you start somewhere. I right? start and somewhere, then, yeah. Right. So, so my theory was this, when I started my own firm, I was like, okay, I'm sandwiched. I opened in Beverly Hills, which everyone said to me, you're going to be crushed. And, uh, <laughs> I, and I was like, well, shit, I can't outspend Coldwell Banker. I can't outspend Keller Williams. I can't outspend all of these big armadas of recognized names, but all of their marketing sucks. So I can run circles around them with social media. And so I leapt into video because there was no one there. And when I leapt into video, this is 2015, I'm like, shit, I better be quick because the moment people see this, it's going to fill up. Yep. Here we are four years later, there's maybe 10 of us yeah. that are doing this consistently over and over again, creating content that isn't just property walkthroughs. And so the evolution was, my strategy was to find agents who had a similar kind of ethos as me, a creative edge that wanted a new home and attract them to the company. I was not looking for a Netflix show. I was not auditioning for other shows. There are lots of agents in LA that are part-time actors. I'm not one of them. And they called me and they said, hey, are you interested in hosting a show on Netflix? I'm like, oh, 
who the fuck is this? <laughs> I, I'm like, I thought it was somebody just goofing around. And like then a radio they, prank call. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and I was like, uh, sure. Yeah, but let's see. And I then met uh, the, the casting agent and she said, you know, we really like you. And I'm like, she said, uh, we've been looking for a while. We found you on YouTube of all places. And she said, we've, uh, we've gone through about 200 other people around the world. And I'm like, where were you looking? Prison? I'm like, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of good folk out there. And so I was just my typical, I didn't think I was going to get it, Mike. I was my typical kind of balls to the wall. And I want to give you a nugget that I live by as well that will, might, might help your guys. But I didn't think I was going to get it. I said this on, an, on another interview. I didn't even unpack my case for two weeks because I thought I was going to get the, you know, you're not really that good. Can you, can you go sure. home? But it, it worked. It's been a hit show. And now lots of other doors are opening in that space. I'm talking to other people about other shows. So it's really, it's, 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 a, it's a really good space to be in. The guiding light for me in everything in my life, this is maybe the most important thing that I will have said all day is I live by a sentence and that sentence is remain in action and out of expectations. Love that. Right? My job is to wake up every day and bust my ass as hard as I can and give as much as I can to that day. But if I start getting invested in expectations like, why didn't I get that listing? Why isn't that client working with me? Why didn't I get this other show? Why am I not on the Tonight Show? If I start getting into that world, it's just a big slide down to the bottom of the pit. Fear and ego are the fuels of disaster. Totally, dude. That's well, very, very well put. Um, write that down, folks, and literally live and die by that. That's awesome. I'm going to write that down on my wall. Expect uh, expectations are toxic. Yeah. So in everything I do now, I give my everything and then I hand it over. And if it works out, it's meant to work out. And if it doesn't work out, I'm not meant to go through that door today. But there'll be another one tomorrow. And that's a lot of how media is too, right? Some yeah. videos are going to do better than others. And But you know what? You don't like just stop doing it because you got 100 views. You don't know that that next video might be the freaking one that gets the 5,000 or the 10,000. You just don't yeah. know. It's like you have to keep going and, and remain consistent. And as long as you carry through authentically with your own story, I believe you'll make it this isn't a rocket science business. Like the only time, here's what I tell people a lot too. <laughs> I say the only time that creating media around your brand doesn't work is when the people who see your videos don't fucking like you. And there's nothing that you can do about that at that point. You're in the wrong damn business. <laughs> yeah. Amen to that. Right. Amen. But you know, I think there's only one thing worse than doing no videos and that's doing mediocre syrupy middle of the road bullshit videos. But maybe you start there. Maybe you yeah. start there and then evolve. You got to start somewhere. And don't worry if you look stupid. You're supposed to look stupid on your first one. I'm sure Peter looked like a complete oh, moron. You just dude. saw my first video. Woo! But my, yeah, this I, is how it rolls, you guys. Well, Peter, this is a very insightful uh, show. We definitely speak the same language. I'd love to meet you in person one day, my friend. But please go ahead and uh, let our listeners know uh, a little bit more how they can reach you. Go ahead and plug your stuff and uh, we're going to get this wrapped. Sure. Yeah. My, you can find me pretty much everywhere at Peter Lorimer. My Facebook is Peter Lorimer official. My YouTube is Peter Lorimer official, PeterLorimer.com. Name of my company is PLG Estates, which is Peter Lorimer Group Estates in Ooh, Los Angeles. 
And the name of the show on Netflix for our listeners? Stay here. Stay here. Sorry. Yeah. Stay here on Netflix. Click it. All the clicks count. Cool. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Real Estate Marketing Dude podcast. Thank you for the love. We're very honored to have hit our 500,000 download this week and uh, help us keep growing this show. You know, follow us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, The Real Estate Marketing Dude. If you guys need help getting on video, not only will I tell you what to say, I'll write your script, show you how to shoot it, and we'll handle all your editing and distribution and multi-purposing on the background. Basically, we'll do everything we just talked about right now for you. And if you still don't have it and you still can't get it after that, like I said, maybe video is just not for you. So, appreciate you guys listening to another episode. We'll see you next week. Stay tuned to another show. Peter, it's been a pleasure, my man. Yeah, you too, Mike. See you, buddy. Thanks, buddy. Bye-bye. Bye. Today's episode may be over, but we have plenty more to keep you busy. To get your complete blueprint for building out a real marketing plan for your real estate business, head over to realestatemarketingdude.com and see if you have what it takes to really become more than just a typical agent. Are you the next real estate marketing dude? Find out here next time on Real Estate Marketing Dude.